Thank you for selecting this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center's Media Ministry. Sit back and relax and prepare to hear God's Word. And now here's today's speaker. The Lord spoke to me on, on yesterday because I was, I'm always seeking the Lord. When you, when I, the job of a pastor is to constantly hear from the Lord. Because I know that I will have to come back before God's people again. And I know that they're going to be that there's going to be somebody, if only one or two, there's going to be somebody who will be in distress, who will need to hear a word from the Lord. There'll be somebody who has been praying and seeking God for an answer. And they need a word of confirmation as to what they must do. So I have to pray and ask the Lord what to say to his people. Now, of course, I have my own private time of Bible study. We understand that. Of course, I have my own time of Bible study. But what I'm studying may not be for you. It may be for me. And I never want to bring the people of God anything. Uh, I don't want to just bring you information. I don't bring, although information is good, but the wrong information at the, at the, the wrong information at the wrong time, I mean, won't, won't help. If you're going through a struggle, a spiritual struggle, uh, you're dealing with depression. But I tell you, uh, four, to four, four out of five dentists say, uh, use Colgate to help your teeth. Floss daily. That is information, and it is true you need to floss daily. I'm not going to ask some of us actually do it. Praise the Lord. But it is good thing that we floss daily, right? Every time we, they say that you have to need to brush your teeth every time you after every meal. I'm not going to ask all of us that do that, but that is information. But we don't necessarily need information. We need revelation. There's difference between information and revelation. So as I was seeking the Lord, I heard one word. And I was seeking him vehemently. Seeking him. I didn't know what was to be said this day. I even called my wife, my helpmate. And I began to talk to her. Hey, I need some help. Hey, I need some help. Come down. Come help me. Come pray with me. Praise the Lord. She's my helpmate. Bless God. And as I called her down to pray with me, I began to tell her some things that I was experiencing at the time. I didn't have anything, Elder Larry. Nothing. As I began to speak to her. She began to pray. And I instantly heard a word. And it was like somebody threw a a um, threw some diesel uh, fuel and a match on a fire. I said, oh, Lord, that's it. And the word the Lord spoke to me is simply this reliable. Reliable. Let's get right down to it. God is looking for people or a people that are reliable. Say with me, reliable. Reliable. Now, this is not one thing that we really, really want to hear because most of us shy away from being reliable, from being dependable, because we don't want that weight put on us of knowing that someone else or something else uh, is depending on us. We shy away from responsibility, but being reliable is a part of this life. We can't get away from it no matter how hard you try. As a matter of fact, when we go out and buy a car, choose a new car, we want to buy the most reliable one. Isn't that right? 
You don't want something that's going to, you buy it and put you down before you uh, get down the street good enough. You want something that's reliable, something that is dependable, something that is trustworthy, something that you can lean on. Are you with me? When you go buy a house, don't you want the builder to use reliable materials? Sure you do. You want reliable materials because you don't want it to collapse in on you while you're sleeping in your bed. Everything we try to get, everything we try to acquire, we want it to be reliable. In the middle of the night, if we have to go to the store, most of us will go to Walmart because we know it has been proven to be reliable in times past. That it's open 24 hours, seven days a week, especially, uh, except on certain holidays. Right? It is proven to us that it is reliable. But which stores don't we go to? We don't go to the stores that may be open or might not be open. We have no idea. When you go to get your oil change, you want to go to a place that's reliable. That's going to that's going to do the service right every single time. Isn't that right? When it comes time for a job promotion or or promotion on your job, the employer is going to try to find the most reliable person. Right. Sure, they are. They want to find the one who's been there, who's been consistent. Uh, who, whose work is consistent all the time. They want to find somebody that's reliable that they can put this weight on. Hallelujah. When you go to buy a house, when you go to buy a car, when you go to get your, uh, the, your uh, utilities cut on, or even some, when you go to apply for some jobs, sometimes they will pull your credit to see how reliable you have been. So it's a fact of life. Being reliable is a fact of life. So why don't we hear, why do we want, why do we want to, why is it that we don't want to hear the word reliable spoken over us in a church service? Why is that the truth? Why is that so? Why does it make us cringe? Because we think it's one more thing that we have to be responsible for. And even as the Lord was showing me, because we think so badly of our own selves. We don't want anybody to depend on us because we know how flaky we can be. I can't get no talk in here. Don't want anybody to depend on us. Oh, no, no, don't do that. No, 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 no. You don't want me. No, 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 no. Yes, we do want you. We need you to be reliable, dependable, trustworthy. The church needs this. The Lord's looking for people to be reliable, dependable, trustworthy. Someone that will work every single time. Now, we will all make mistakes. We will all make uh, misjudgments. We will all fall short. That's a part of us, right? But understand something. But being reliable is actually a part or one aspect aspect or element of the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit down at the bottom of the list it's is the the fruit is faith or actually interpreted faithfulness or reliability god is reliable he is faithful in all seasons in all weathers at all times and this is a part of the characteristic that god wants to see in us he wants people to be able to depend on you He wants you to have a a certain character or nature that when you say something, you actually do what you say. Reliable. We're looking. God's looking. I'm looking. You're also looking for reliable people. Hallelujah. Is anybody looking for in a relationship? You want to look for somebody that's reliable. 
something that you can depend on. We're all looking for things that are reliable. So the question is, can you be reliable to God? Can he trust you? Can he put some weight or responsibility on you? Or will you flake out when mammon comes by? When money comes by? Or when another opportunity for something pleasurable comes by? Can he trust you? Can he rely on you? See, being reliable is also hard work. It's hard work. When you put your word out there, it's hard work to make sure it comes to pass. It's hard work. That means you may have to get up when you don't want to get up. It's hard work. This morning, lying in bed, I thought, oh, God, I wish this. I could just stay here. This bed feels so good. I got my electric blanket on. It feels so good. Oh, but I have to be reliable. Are you with me? Reliable is also interpreted as faithful. Faithful. We have to be faithful. Now let's go into the scripture. Go to the book of Luke, the 18th chapter. Go to the book of Luke, the 18th chapter. Let me show you some things today from the word of the Lord. Luke 18. The Lord is looking for people that are reliable, that are dependable. Now, the Lord knows that you have shortcomings. He knows you better than you know yourself. You're not kidding God. We're not bringing God new information. When God called Moses to go back to Egypt to talk to Pharaoh, Moses began to bring up all kinds of excuses, right? I can't talk. Uh, they don't want me there, whatever. God knows all about that. You're not bringing him new information. He knows you. He made your mouth. He knows you. He knows your shake. He, he knows your doubts. He knows your fears. But yet and still, he called you anyway. He needs you to be reliable, trustworthy, dependable. Right? Luke, the 18th chapter. Verse number one says, this is a very familiar parable. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to what? Not to faint. What does that mean to you? Be reliable. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Verse number two. Saying, there was uh, in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her. Least by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Look at the last part of the verse. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find people that are still persevering in prayer, and in loyalty. You see, there are a lot of people that can start off with God, but can they end up with God? The race is not given to those that start it. The race is given to those that get across the finish line. We have to persevere. 
We have to be reliable. We have to be dependable. And oftentimes, hear it again, oftentimes it is a struggle to be reliable. It is a struggle to be dependable. It can be hard. And by human nature, we don't like to do things that are hard. In school, we had an assignment to do. We chose the easy stuff to do first. And then we got around eventually to the hard stuff. We are resistant to things that are hard. But this Christian walk is hard, y'all. It can be difficult as God brings things out of you, as he makes you. He is the potter, we are the clay. And as he molds us, it hurts. As he cuts away, as he prunes things from our life, it hurts. It can be difficult when they curse you out to turn around and bless him. It can be difficult when they strike you on one side, you show them the other side. It can be difficult to be a Christian, to be godly in an ungodly society. But it is a walk that the Lord has chosen for us. But with his anointing, with his grace, it does become easier. So I don't want anyone to be under, under the notion that Christianity is easy. Those of you that have been a Christian for more than... 15 seconds, understand that it is difficult at times. It is difficult at times to surrender your flesh and do what is right. It can be difficult at times to say no, even to yourself, even though you really, really do want it. It can be difficult, but it is the path that the Lord has set before us. The Lord Jesus describes two ways that lead out of his life. One way is wide. It is broad. Wide is the way and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. A lot of people find that. But the second way is narrow. Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And he says, few there be that find that. That's the more difficult path. If we were to tailor our own lives... If you could tailor your own lives, we would surely, by human nature, take out all the hard stuff and leave in joy, leave in peace, leave in happiness, make sure we get everything we want when we want it. Yes. But in effect, it is all the hard stuff that made you who you are today. It is the heart that makes you strong. It is the heart that makes you a conqueror. As those that live weights tell me. No pain, no gain. It is the pain that you endure. It is the agony. It is the suffering that makes you strong to resist the things that are even to come. Are you with me? We've got to be reliable. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've got to be reliable. Now, whether you want to admit it or not, people are depending on you. Whether you want to admit it or not, we can be a little person in a cave somewhere. But understand, if you are truly born again, you carry the gift of God within you. If you have truly received Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you carry the gift of God. And that gift is meant to bless and help someone else. You are carrying right now someone else's answer right now. As you gave the Lord your life, he made you pregnant with his spirit. 
His spirit is in you. Or rather, he imparted his spirit into you. He's there. And you have certain gifts, talents, and abilities that are to help someone else. It may not be preaching. It may not be singing. It could be simply a word, a soft word spoken at the right time. It could be artwork. It could be crafts. Something that will bring beauty into this dark and dismal and ugly world. You carry someone else's gift, someone else's blessing, someone else's answer inside of you right now. And the sooner we realize that, the better. You see, because I began to realize that, Elder Larry, I, I began to, I began to realize that, uh, you know, it made, or rather, when I became to realize that, it made me speak out. You know, I was at a, a conference one time, a, a, a church conference, and uh, some of those, boy, I really don't like to go to. <laughs> well, that's another story. But in this particular place, they were calling, now there were a lot of people there at the time, but they were calling on people to give answers. And it, it just reminded me of some hurts that I had in my childhood. Oh, boy. It would go, they would go all the way around the room. Now, there were hundreds of people in the room, but the minister there made sure that everybody got a chance to talk. I go, oh, Lord, please, 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 please. And automatically, when you have a title in front of your name, people automatically expect you to have the answer. Oh, God, please get me out of here. Please get me out of here. But, praise the Lord, he was faithful to make sure I had my shot. I realized that at that moment, the question that was answered, the question that was asked, rather, I heard several answers. But there was a, but the Lord rose up, uh, he gave me a word, or he gave me an answer for the question that no one else had given. I thought, Lord, surely you give it to somebody else. Surely you give it to somebody else. Surely you hit. And there were, I don't know how many people there, maybe a few hundred were there. And he made sure everybody got their time. Came around to me. I really didn't want to give it. I really didn't. But the Spirit of God began to quicken me. And I had no choice but to release it. Because I knew that I had an answer. And once I gave the answer that he had given to me, there came a holy hush on the room. I thought, oh, my God, what did you have me say now? What did you have me say? And so the minister says, ooh, that was good. Let's hear that again. I say, I just said the first time. I had a hard enough time saying the first time you would say it again. So I released it again. And ooh, did you hear that? You see, I was holding something that all of them needed to hear. But because of how I thought of myself, because I want to be in the background. Oh, not me. Go to them. Because I wanted to be there. They almost didn't get it. Are you with me? You hold an answer. You hold an answer right now. Regardless of how you look on the outside, regardless of your skin color, regardless of your background, regardless of what you're going through in life, you hold someone else's answer if, in fact, you are born of God. And we've got to be reliable to release that because someone else right now is suffering or suffers every moment that you don't release it. I hope you know the I hope you know what we're talking about today. Someone else is suffering every moment that you don't release it because God gave it to you, but we refuse to give it. Now he got to go got to go find somebody else. 
Meanwhile, this person over here is still suffering, wanting an answer, but we are standing right over here by him, maybe even sitting right next to him in church. God gives you a word to give him, but mm, maybe one you, maybe one you, mm, mm, no, Lord, maybe, give me confirmation, give me confirmation, give me confirmation, mm, mm, maybe, Lord, maybe, Lord, one you, mm, Mm. Then we leave out of church, we drive down the road and say, Lord, I should have told him that. I should have told him that. Meanwhile, they're in church thinking, oh, nobody loves me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? But we're over here. Mm, Lord, need confirmation, need confirmation. Mm. Lord, Lord, they're over here. Oh, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But they don't look like they're suffering. They got a smile on their face. The smile is hiding uh, the darkness that's on the inside, the pain, the anger, the confusion. But now God got to go, got to find somebody else who's going to be reliable that he can use that will give them the word. I want to be that one that God can use when he, when he wants to, how he wants to, and where he wants to. And I pray that you also have that prayer in your heart as well to be reliable. Let me give you a key for reliability that we got to look at. Go to Psalms, Psalm number one. The first division of the book of Psalms. You know this one very well. A key to being reliable. You'll find this here in the book of Psalms in a couple of places. Because we must be reliable. We can no longer be hidden. The Lord said a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. He said men do not light a candle and put it under a bushel. But they put it up high so that the whole light, so the whole room can receive the light. The light that he's speaking about is the gift of God that's in you. The power of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God that's in you. Now the lampstand may be tore up. It may be ugly. It may not be brass, may not be gold. It may be wood. But who cares about the lampstand? I'm thinking about the candle that, that, or the wick, the fire that's on the wick. Are you with me? I could care less. If I have somewhere to go and I got to be there, and you got a car, but there's all kind of stuff in the car. You say, oh, it's nasty. You don't get in my car. I can care less about it. I got to get there. Can you take me? We care too much about the vessel. Thank God for the vessel. Hallelujah. But it is the fire that's upon the vessel that produces the results. Are you with me? It is the fire that's upon the candle that releases light into all the room. You must release the light of God that's on the inside of you. We can no longer be hidden. We must be reliable. The Bible says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of God is risen upon you. Don't you know that there are so many people in so many churches that have the light of God on the inside of them that come to church every single Sunday that will sit quietly, sit silently? and not release the gift that could bless someone else? What would happen if all the Christians worldwide would have released the gift of God? What would happen if we all released the light? What would happen if we ignored our faults and frailties and said, God, I'm going to go anyway? You see, we don't do it because sometimes it is hard, and it is hard. It, it, it can be emotionally taxing. Yes, it can it can be mentally taxing and it can be physically draining. When I'm going through a battle or, or facing my giants or my strongholds, as Sister Sherry shared this morning, it is draining to me. I feel like I've just been beat up. 
emotionally, mentally, physically draining. I got to go lay down. But if I'm faithful to release, then God has surely blessed them. And he has surely blessed me. Let me give you another example. One time there was a lady that was uh, in prison. She was uh, in prison uh, there, I think, in Paulding County uh, for killing someone or being around somebody who killed someone. So they got her too. She didn't actually hold the gun or pull the trigger, but she was in the room. So they also got her too. And one of her friends, uh, her aunt, was here at the food bank. And she asked me to go and speak to her. Well, my first thought was, what do I have to say to the woman? Lord, what do you want me to say to her? Now, this was a, a few years ago. What, what do you want me to say to her? She's, she's going to be on death row soon. <laughs> what do you want me to say to her? I thought, well, you know what? What do you want me to say? But yet and still, the Holy Spirit said, go on. What, what do you mean, go on? Go on. All right, all right, all right. All right, Lord, all right, I'll go. And so I'll go. I get to the prison. I'm nervous. It's one of the first one of the few times that I've been uh, to a prison to, to minister to someone. And uh, go to the guard, give the guard my card. I'm a pastor. Okay, well, go ahead, sit down there in front of the glass. All right, I go in, and I'm shaking. I'm nervous, got my Bible. And, uh, you know, uh, in my past, as I would uh, get nervous, I would begin to stutter, and I began to stammer. And I said, oh, God, please let me stutter and stammer because this lady, she needs a word from you. She really does need a word from you. I don't know what it is, but I'm here and I'm going. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm going anyway. Are you with me? And so I get there. I get there to the prison and uh, I sit down there at the uh let me come around this way. I sit down there uh, by the glass, you know, got to pick the phone up. And she sits. The guard brings the lady on the other side. And she sits there and she looks at me. Now I look at her. She looks at me. I look at her. I don't know what to say to her. Then all of a sudden I began to speak to her. I try to speak, but I stammer and stutter. I stammer and stutter and I stammer and I stutter because my emotions are all, I'm on the inside, I'm jumping. Hey, 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 hey. I mean, I, my heart rate is pumping up, Lord. I don't know what to say to her. I don't know what to say to her. I don't know what to say to her. I'm stuttering and stammering, stuttering, stuttering, stammering. Then I thought, okay, let me open up the Bible. Let her read it. I couldn't read it, so I put the Bible up to the screen. I began to stutter and stammer so bad. You read it. You, 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 you read it. You read it. You read it. You read it. I, I, I couldn't say it. I couldn't get anything out. It was just as the enemy had put his hands around my throat and was choking me. I couldn't say anything. But it wasn't the enemy. It was what I was thinking about me. That I had built up from the first day that they asked, come and see her. I had built up in me that I had to have the answer for her. And when I did not have the answer, oh, I flew up. On the inside emotionally, in emotion, emotional distress, which caused the stammering. And so I couldn't get it out. I put the Bible up to the screen and I asked her to look, look at it, look at it. You know, you read it. Okay, you read it. I can't read it. Now I thought, okay, well, let me just pray. Lord, you help me out when I'm praying. Uh, you, let, let, let me just pray. So I began to pray and I began to stammer through the prayer. I couldn't even, even pray with the woman. Put my hand up to the screen. I'm on the glass there. Put your hand there. Put your hand there. I try my best to pray. And then the guard came, beep, time's over. I said, thank God. I didn't think I stuttered on that one. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> oh, my God. So I went on home. I thought, oh, God, how much I failed you. I failed you. I stuttered. I stammered. I, I couldn't release it. I couldn't release it. I couldn't release it. And I carried that for a while. 
And Lord, comfort me. But then a year later, I saw her aunt. She came back and said, you know, she's still talking about you today. I thought, does she laugh when she mentioned my name? She said, no, no, no. She, I didn't know about any of that. She said, she said no, no, no. What are you talking about? No, she says how much you blessed her when you came down that day. How much it gave her strength. Me? I realize it's not the vessel, but what the vessel carries. She was hearing things by the Holy Ghost. I was stuttering and stammering, but the Holy Ghost was talking to her plainly on the other side. I'm fighting on this side of the glass, and she's having church on that side of the glass. It's not the vessel, but it's the Spirit of God within you. He knows how to communicate to the person that you're talking to. Even when you don't have the words to say, even when you can't say it, he can. But sometimes we don't want to be reliable because we look at ourselves. We see our own selves as grasshoppers. Hop, hop, hop. It's too stressful for me. Hop, hop, hop. Oh, this is hard for me. Hop, hop, hop. And we get to hopping away and we run from every stressful moment. Always hopping. Hopping away from Goliaths and and, and hopping away from strongholds and fortresses. I got tired of hopping around. But still sometime, I will even get the tendency to hop. A hop. Then I say, I got to hop back. I'm going to face this thing in Jesus' name. You got to be tired of running. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Say, I've got the gift of God in me. The Bible declares, greater is he who's within me or us than he that is in the world. You got the greater one on the inside of you. You mean to tell me your God is all great, all powerful. He created everything, can do everything, open the Red Sea, and he can't help you talk to somebody? Woo! I had to come to that realization that, yes, he's great, and he's also great in me. Say, he's great, and he's also great in me. We got to remember what the, what the Lord said there in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. We can do it. We can be reliable. We can be dependable. We can be trustworthy. The answer is not in our flesh, and it never has been in your flesh, but it's been, the, but it's been in the spirit that indwells you. Are you with me? Let's go to Psalm 1. Let's look at this. Psalm 1 said in verse number 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Very powerful words, isn't it? Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Very powerful words, isn't it? Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Very powerful words, isn't it? Praise the Lord. But how did that start? He started... Because he didn't judge. 
He started because he didn't sit in the seat of the scornful and, and the things that you see there. But I want you to see verse number three more particular. I want to get straight down to it. He says, and he shall be like a tree planted, 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 planted. Hearing of the word helps you be planted. But most of us don't want to be planted. We hop from job to job. Hop, hop, hop. Some hop from relationship to relationship because it gets hard. Hop, hop, hop. We're on our third and fourth and, you know, all these other things. We hop from car to car and this and that and the other. Hop, hop, hop. When it gets difficult, we tend to hop. You know, they say, well, you know how to cook a frog leg or something like that. They say that, you know, you have to put it in with the grease is cooled and let the uh, let the fire. No, was it? No, the whole frog. Right. <laughs> say something about a frog. If you turn the temperature. You, now, don't do this, please. Uh, don't kill an innocent frogs. OK, but they say if you put a frog in a skillet. Skillet is cool. Put it on uh, the stove. The frog won't hop out. The temperature begins to rise steadily and the frog will actually cook and die in there. He won't drop out. He won't jump out because the temperature comes up so slowly he may not notice it. But he will jump out if you put him in there when the skillet is already hot. He'll jump out then. But see, that's the tactic of the enemy. What he wants to do to you is just turn up slowly and slightly and you don't know that things are changing all around you. Then all of a sudden you're in a bad situation. You don't know how to get out of it. And then we choose to, at that point, we choose to hop out of it. But sometimes we think it's too late. Then we cry for deliverance. Are you with me? But if we remain planted in the house of the Lord, planted by the river, we're going to be stable. We're going to be reliable. We're going to be trustworthy. We're going to be dependable. People can put weight on us. And we're going to eventually flourish or prosper. Only the trees that are planted, that are reliable, will prosper. No tree that you can plant, that you pick up, dig up every day, is ever going to produce fruit. Coming down to a close. Are y'all with me? Go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. We got to be planted. Psalm 91. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever you do shall prosper. That occurs as you are planted, reliable. Psalm 92, verse 12, got to get it. It says, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 13, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. It says those that be planted in the house of the Lord, planted in the house of the Lord. We're planted in Christ. Yes. And we're also planted in his house, planted. Those that are planted, firm, fixed in his house. They are the ones that are going to flourish. You want to see fruit produced on you? You want to grow? You want to prosper? Well, the answer is in being planted in the house of the Lord. Now, is it going to be difficult being planted in the house of the Lord? Sure, because there'll be many opportunities for you to hop, hop, hop. 
The usher may speak to you nasty and then hop, hop, hop. There'll be many opportunities for you to hop out. But he said those that will be planted, that is rooted, these will be the ones that will flourish in, their, in all their lives. They will flourish in the courts of God. Are you with me? Last one. Go to John 15 chapter. John 15. I think you're getting this. Got to be, got to, we got to ignore the things that we see and pay attention to the things that we don't see. See, you're going to prosper first spiritually than you will naturally. Changes must occur in you on the inside first, and then they can be seen on the outside. Don't concentrate so much on the outside that you ignore the goodness that's on the inside. Very familiar scripture, and we'll stop here. John 15, chapter, verse number 4. John 15, verse 4. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to verse one. It says, I am the vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bringeth forth, that bringeth not, rather that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse number three. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And the father is glorified when we bear much fruit, but we cannot bear much fruit unless we abide in him. That is to be reliable in him. Being reliable in him will bear much fruit. And also being reliable in his house, being planted in his house, we're going to flourish. Reliable or planted in him and being reliable or, and planted in his house. These things will cause us to grow, to produce much fruit and to flourish. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. But can you do it? Yes. Are there going to be times when you're going to be self-conscious? Yes. But can you do it? Yes. Are, will there be times where you'll be intimidated? Yes. But can you do it? Yes. Will there be times when you won't want to show up? Yes. But can you do it? Yes. Will there be giants facing you? Yep. Can you defeat them? Yep. Will there be fortresses and, and things, big mounds of things in your life that you'll have to overcome? Show enough. Can you defeat them? Show enough. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, show enough. Are you with me? 
You can do it. It is in you. Or should I say, he is in you. If you are born again, born of God, he is in you and you can overcome this. Stop looking at the man in the mirror and stop looking, start and start looking at the man that's in glory. The man that's in the mirror can't help you. But the man that's in glory, Christ Jesus can. Choose him as your Lord today, for only he can make a way. We are done. Give God a hand of praise. Friends, I know you have been truly blessed by this presentation brought to you by the Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center Media Ministry. Remember, if you are looking for a church home, we would be glad to have you each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center is located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. For more information, give us a call at 770-537-1933 or visit us on the web at www.kingdomrock.org. 